Hello, this is Peter Woolfolk. First, thank you for being a listener to this podcast. Now, I also want to ask that you also leave a review of this podcast. Reviews help me make adjustments to your preferences and your topics. Since most of my listeners download from Apple, leave your review on my podcast page there. Others can do the same wherever you get your podcast. Or you can go to podchaser.com. Then go to the public relations review page and leave a review. I would also appreciate your help and I look forward to hearing your thoughts about this podcast and getting your reviews. So thank you so very, very much. Welcome. This is the Public Relations Review Podcast, a program to discuss the many facets of public relations with seasoned professionals, educators, authors, and others. Now, here is your host, Peter Woolfolk. Welcome to the Public Relations Review Podcast and to our listeners all across America and around the world. Now, let me say this, that I certainly look forward to continue bringing you public relations professionals from across the U.S. and a few from other nations to provide you with substantive information that can benefit your public relations efforts. Now, question, are you aware of the public relations benefits of voice search devices such as Alexa, Siri, and Google Assistant? Did you know at the close of 2023, 4.2 billion of these devices were in use globally? Well, I can certainly add my two to that, uh, that number. That number will double by the close of 2024. So how then can these voice assistants be of use to public relations professionals? My guest today certainly has an answer for you. And returning for the second time is Sasha Doku, a writer for Crenshaw Communications, a mad-up company. You may recall I used a text-to-speech to convert her article into a brief segment at the close of 2023. However, because of the spectacular growth of AI in public relations, I thought this would be a great segment to further explore this particular topic. So, Sasha, <laughs> taking it easy down in wonderful Gainesville, Florida this time of year, welcome to the podcast again. <laughs> Thank you for having me. So how did you, first of all, how did you come about this information about how um, Alexa and Siri and others are being used in public relations? Well, first, Peter, voice search is nothing new, right? We, we had Google voice search in 2011, and then Apple started it in 2012. So it's been around for well over a decade. So as PR pros, we always have to be thinking of how we stay ahead of emerging technologies and how we can harness them in our toolkits, especially when all of consumers are using them. Um, so we have to consider how we leverage them for our clients and the ways that we can best leverage them to get the, the best results we want. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about how they can use them then. So let's start at the, at the top of your list. I think you had a number of, of different ways they can be used. So what would be the first way that you see uh, or are, have seen that these are being used? Yeah, so first off, voice search is really reshaping how people seek information. And because consumers are using it so widespread, PR pros need to consider how we harness it for 
our use and how our clients can use it. So the first one is really conversational content. So these voice queries tend to be more conversational and long tail. So they reflect how people naturally speak. So PR pros need to optimize this content to align with conversational queries that really ranks in voice search results. If we are not ranking in voice search results, especially when it comes to local businesses and services, then your client may really fall off the discoverability radar and, um, and that could really hurt your SEO efforts and really impact their business and bottom line. So it really is, I guess, uh, as you say, that they have to construct uh, some content that meets the criteria that these search or search devices are looking for. Absolutely. When we, when it comes to voice search, we need to articulate how people are naturally speaking. They may not always look for your business specifically. They may be looking for whether the top 10 places I can have, uh, have brunch or coffee in, in my specific area. And they may also add anecdotes about that. Maybe it's the top 10 espresso spots in, in a specific area. So, we all need to ensure that the content it's pulling from is really key. And that brings us to the second point about content marketing. It, it's only as good as a result it can find easily. So if we're not feeding that SEO and, and putting that content out there that's really high quality and can answer common voice queries, then the search results will not find us. Um, and, and that will really impact um, how we're discovered. So we need to consider how to make it simplified and really take out all of that jargon-filled complex content that can fill a lot of our clients' websites. And it's really about simplifying it and making it more effective. Now, you sort of identified those things that are, sound relatively easy to do in terms of putting the content together, uh, you know, uh, let's say getting a latte or uh, uh, a deal on a car or something along those lines. What about the non-tangible things, uh, such as, you know, perhaps I need someone to help me w with uh, developing my uh, artificial intelligence programming? How you, So you, again, have to structure your content to highlight that request? Is that the best way of going about it? Absolutely, yeah, that, that's a great way to look at it. You have to to find the niche that you fall into, especially when it's like a niche like artificial intelligence and, and structuring a program for it um, and, and ensuring that the voice search results can pull, pull from that content. Mm -hmm. um, and speaking of artificial intelligence, yes, so we also need to consider too um, with the advent of, of ChatGPT and all of these general, generative AI programs that they're um, they're also only as good as the data you feed it, right? So so a lot of ChatGPT products are about two years old unless you're using ChatGPT four, then it's not pulling from the most current data when people are looking at that for more information sourcing. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, speaking of ChatGPT, I mean, I see so many people using it so many different ways, including myself. I happen to use it, let's say, maybe just to develop a guide for me. I might say I, I want a proposal written that includes A, B, C, and D, and it outlines that for mm -hmm. me. And then I have to go in and fill in all the, the nuts and bolts and, and uh, substantive part, but at least it gets the, uh, the initial layout for me done. Absolutely, yeah, and that, that's how a lot of PR pros are really using it right now. Um, as as it learns more, it gets better as well. Um, so I found that the more I've used it, the more it understands sort of the content I'm looking for, and the more it can, um, I use it a lot for summaries, so the more it can con condense um, a lot of information. Okay. 
Okay, so what would be the next way that you see um, uh, these voice search devices being uh, beneficial? Yeah, it's really for reputation management. So when we look at reputation management, we're looking at how we enhance the authoritativeness and the trustworthiness of our clients online. So that includes maintaining a strong brand reputation that is accurate and positive. Because a lot of the times we find that some online brands, especially when it's multi-location brands, they can't actively manage everything that's going on across the <laughs> across all of their franchises or all their businesses. So they can use MarTech tools, like one of our clients is Sochi, to really look at how um, online reputation is managed and, and increase that voice search result and, and boost that SEO. So, so actually what I'm hearing here is that uh, obviously most people don't have the time to uh, uh, do the reputation management themselves, but there is software that they can engage to find it and, and bring it to their attention. Absolutely, yes. So we can look at MarTech tools on the market. Um, a lot of them incorporate AI, like our client Sochi, and, and they take the guesswork out of it, right? It's like having a, a really strong tool in your toolkit that automates a lot of it with the, the advent of, of AI and automation. So, so uh, the, uh, the, the search uh, tools would work in combination, perhaps, with uh, some of those other uh, programs that actually, you know, once they hear or spot something about your um, organization, they, they feed it to you. Uh, so that's maybe, maybe proactive. Uh, sounds as though the, um, uh, the uh, search, uh, voice searches may be reactive, so you have to ask it to find it. Exactly, exactly. So the the more you can maintain a positive brand reputation and ensure that your online listing is accurate, the better it can pull information and ensure that you're discoverable. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I, I guess the most important thing too is, particularly if it's negative, that you certainly want some timely response or feedback so that uh, you're not behind the eight ball on this thing. Yeah, absolutely. We've conducted some studies with our clients, Soji, and, and we've realized that a lot of the times um, online reputation management for, for brands is such an afterthought that 94% of them actually end up ghosting clients, which is terrible, right? Nobody wants to be ghosted by a brand. So just just looking at it from from that lens, um, of course, that also impacts whether they can, you know, like like what's the first thing they look when they find them using a voice search. It's probably a negative review, um, unanswered questions, and it, it kind of leaves a negative perception from the get-go, which can hurt their bottom line. Mm-hmm. Well, so, again, that's, that, it sounds to me that there needs to be some coordination because, you know, as I said, some, some tools are uh, made so that if they run across anything negative, they feed it to you you immediately, whereas the voice search only comes because you ask it to go get it. So that, there needs to be some collaboration or have both of them so that, uh, you know, you're not the last one to find out that things aren't looking too good for you in this particular arena. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Like, like online reputation management, I feel like it's going to be such a huge trend. Um, I mean, it has been a big trend a lot, but going forward, everybody's, nobody's, it's, it's not about how you can find someone by calling them anymore. It's, it's all about the search and, and digital platforms. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it, it's really essential that we're maintaining a positive online reputation. Okay. Well, the next uh, arena where uh, this uh, voice search is, is valuable. 
Yeah, it's really looking at trustworthy sources. And what that means is voice-activated devices look at credible sources to provide the answers. So when you when clients can leverage tools like PR and gain earned media coverage, that's wonderful for voice search because earning multiple media coverage in reputable publications increases the likelihood of being cited by a trusted source like mm-hmm. virtual assistants. And it also um, allows us to one be discoverable and to like have have that sort of positive reputation as well. So collaborating with reputable influencers and thought leaders and, and building that strong online presence is so key to all of this. Um, and PR pros can really help establish that for our clients. Well, you know, that's something I, I just hadn't thought about that because obviously we have done uh, programs on thought leadership and uh, we certainly know that uh, being considered a thought leader is certainly a very, very positive aspect that a lot of uh, leaders would like to, uh, you know, be in that position. So, Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that makes it certainly makes a lot of sense in, under these circumstances. Absolutely, yeah. Like, like nobody um, wants to go somewhere that's not like from a trusted or credible source, and and voice search works the same way. Like, it, it's not going to pull from a tier five or six rank something. It wants like to pull from a tier one or a tier two outlet um, and give you the best search result. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Okay, and you have another. Uh, benefit of uh, from uh, using uh, voice searches? Yeah, so this is probably the, the most technical one of the, of the five, um, but it's looking at structured data and schema markup. So when we look at structured data and schema, it's really a foundational element of SEO, and it's gaining, gaining even more prominence with, in the era of voice search because um, these top tools can better help to better understand the content of the website and make it more likely to appear as a featured snippet or a relevant answer when the voice search conducts its search. So we want to make sure that these the schema and the data that it's pulling from is accurate, up to date, and relevant. Of course, because it, again, it's only as good as the data you provide it, and um, and we want to ensure it's, it's easily digestible as well. So it's. Um, it can really align to our client's content and also understand the conversational nature of voice search. Now, did you find that there's, um, when you looked at the primary, I guess the, the three primary uh, voice search uh, devices, uh, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's Alexa, Siri, Google, that one stands out better than the other in terms of performance? Was there any way to make a distinction there about which one performs better? I think it really depends on the consumer as well. Like if you're an iPhone user, of course, it's Siri is more likely to be used. If you're an Android user, it's Google. Um, and then there's Google Home Assistant and, and Alexa if you're just at home. But I, I would say they all sort of like pull, they're pulling from the same types of data. Um, and they're also going to be pulling based on what's out there. So if, if you trust Google the most, you might want to, use Google Assistant versus uh, Siri, but but yeah, it's really up to the consumer preference, and, and they, they typically all have the same capabilities and functionalities. Okay, and I think the other thing, too, is uh, people need to be as precise as they can about what it is they're asking for, because if a question is too broad, maybe you get far more information that come, coming in, but it's not all useful because... You know, you just didn't tighten up your or fine tune your target, so to speak. 
Absolutely. And then you also need to consider, too, that um, conversational voice is is sometimes difficult for the device to understand. So just the other day, for example, I was looking for a nail company and like a, like a like a new nail spot in my local area, and I um, and it kept pulling up the name of, a, of another one that was a very similar name as Venus versus Venus. So it's getting one letter wrong. Um, and what I realized is if I just spelled it out for the voice search, it worked a lot better. So so yeah, consumers just need to consider the best way to provide them the right question um, and ensuring that it's shooting out the best response when it's provided with the correct like question based on on the spelling of it as well you know I, I think that now I think that's a very very important sort of tip because as I just said broad questions will probably get very very broad and maybe even mm-hmm. inaccurate responses Exactly. Yeah. So we want to be um, as condensed as we can, um, but but sometimes too, like the broader is better for some consumers. They may want to choose and, and narrow it down themselves. Um, like the other day, I was looking for brunch spots in Orlando, and I like I like to just put brunch. Like I just hey Google brunch spots in Orlando, and it gives me like a list of twenty, and and I get to choose from from it. But again, that that also takes time out of my day <laughs> instead of like narrowing it down to a specific area. I just wanted the more information to be able to make the consideration. Well, good. Well, Sasha, as always, it is a delight speaking to you. And uh, would you have any sort of closing remarks for our audience? Yeah, I would just say that when we look at a voice search, it, we really need to consider that it, it it's paramount because it, it looks at how a brand is perceived and trusted, and media plays a big role in building that credibility. So PR pros really are symbiotic between this voice search and earned media. And um, and we should consider how voice search it should be a part of our long-term plans to ensure clients continue to be relevant and establish, establish themselves as industry experts, and that's really key. Well, good. Well, Sasha, as always, thank you so much for uh, contributing to uh, to the podcast. Uh, uh, as you know, it is uh, individuals such as you that provides this type of content that has allowed us to become a, a global podcast. Uh, much to my surprise, and it was nothing that I designed ahead of time, but uh, yes, I do like to announce that uh, we are heard in 143 countries and that Apple has uh, rated us as one of the top 1%, top 1% of podcasts worldwide. So, uh, again, uh, thank you for your contribution. And uh, let me say to my listeners, if you've enjoyed this, certainly uh, we'd like to get a great review from you. And uh, we look forward to hear, uh, you know, bringing you some more information such as this on the Public Relations Review Podcast. Thank you. This podcast is produced by Communication Strategies, an award-winning public relations and public affairs firm headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us. Hi, this is Peter Woolfolk speaking. Now, first of all, thank you so very much for listening to the podcast. Now, I am very excited to let you know that the podcast is now available on Amazon Alexa. You know the drill. Simply say, Alexa, play Public Relations Review Podcast. 
and she'll take it from there. And again, thank you for listening. And if you enjoy the program, please become a subscriber. Now, on to the podcast.